Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. To, to you, yeah. To I, me, I, I, yeah. Just, um, I think I'm saying it so that if the podcast isn't very good this week, not that it um, often gets left off, not that it's often any better than mediocre, just the listeners will think, bless him, he's not very well, but he's soldiering on. You got an excuse in there quickly. Yeah, and it's, it's not like I've got the vid or anything like that. It's just about half an hour before you arrived. Mm. Just got really sore on one side of my head and then in my ear, and it's all down one side. Just think I'm having a stroke. Can you smell toast? Isn't that the thing? <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I, ca- I can't smell toast. Is that a bad sign? Mm, yeah, that's a good sign. Okay, yeah. that's good. You're fine. <laughs> Even though we've got the toaster going. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, I've just got back off holiday, so I should be feeling sprightly and rejuvenated, mm. but I'm not. Although a major thing happened to me while I was on holiday. Oh, yeah. I got stung by a wasp. Oh, it hurts so much. I've never been stung by a wasp or a bee in my life. Yeah. First time. Yes. You've done well to get to that age. So I didn't know if I was going to go into anaphylactic shock or not. And I didn't, which means I've spent 40, how old am I? 47 years of my life Mm. worrying that if I was ever stung by a bee or a wasp, I might go into shock and then my head might go like a huge red balloon and I'd have to go to a uh, hospital and they'd have to inject me with an EpiPen and maybe I'd die. And it turns out all that worrying was for nothing. It makes me wonder what your reaction was like in between getting stung and realising that your head wasn't going to go in a red balloon. Like talk us through I levels you... <laughs> of panic. Just <laughs> interested to know. So my wife was off swimming with my son while it was happening. Mm. So I had no uh, nobody to panic to there and then didn't have a panic audience no No. and also it's one of those things that if that had happened to me at home i would have been shrieking and screaming and rolling around and shouting every expletive going Mm -hmm. but because it happened to me just as i was walking along barefoot in front of some people oh okay you had to really cover it up yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, i didn't even yelp oh wow well done But, but and then i started texting a friend about it obsessively what saying am I going to die? Yeah, just saying what's what happens. This is what it feels like. Do I have to do anything? Is your friend a doctor? No, but he's... <laughs> just... 
Okay. He's a know-it-all. You, you needed a panic audience. Yeah. yeah. I've got a friend who's a know-it-all. Oh. Um, and he said to like pull the stinger out of my foot, which I did. Oh, wow. And he said it might ache later in the day, which it didn't. Got off lightly. Well, it, it seems so. Or, or maybe I've got some kind of super resistance oh, to <laughs> wasps and bees. <laughs> right. But this is my point. My point is mm. that I've been anxious about this one thing for all these years. Right. And now I don't have to be anxious about that anymore. What will the second half of my life look like? Mm. Maybe I'm gonna. it's going to be a transformative thing for my entire personality. Maybe it can be how you can use your superpower that you don't get a little ache after a sting. <laughs> Um, so, so that, that's, um, that's, that's my big news. That's my, my big news. I've not really got very much else to talk about apart from my holiday this week, but what else can I tell you? Oh, I did send you a postcard. Oh, a real one? Yeah. Oh, no, not arrived. Not arrived yet. No, no. I would have mentioned it, no. I, uh, I took it to the reception of the hotel we were staying in and, and gave it to the, uh, the concierge guy. Okay. Because, um, presumably then they're going to put stamps or frank them and, and post them out yeah mm. although it did feel a bit embarrassing handing over all these postcards right some of which were mildly and i hope comically critical right because here's the thing if i'm sending somebody a postcard i don't like to gloat about having a great time on holiday mm-hmm. i like to focus a little bit on the negative and try and be funny with it right okay, yeah yeah and then i became really paranoid that the concierge read my postcards and was in some way angry at me for dissing the holiday experience <laughs> i didn't say anything about him personally no, no, and it weird, was weird it, it, and it was a lovely holiday <laughs> but then maybe he would like uh enact some kind of revenge by not posting them i'm looking forward to seeing if i do get mine and then testing to see if there's saliva on it from where he spat on it in fury <laughs> for example i don't know if this is the one i sent to you or not hmm. but there was um one of the postcards was somebody floating on their back in the swimming pool of the mm. hotel. Mm. And I wrote on it, hotel is lovely except for the corpse in the pool. <laughs> That's good. Yes. Which I thought was fine, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would annoy him. You wouldn't annoy him. No. You wouldn't think he'd be, this, this guy mocking our hotel no. and then expect to be post, to post the mockery on his behalf. <laughs> no. Um, okay, so there was that. And then um, this is something else something that I wanted to talk about later, so I'll save that. Um the other thing I thought is like one of the great joys in life is when you're waiting for your bags in the airport mm. and the carousel hasn't yet started moving, mm-hmm. trying to guess whether it's going to go clockwise or anticlockwise oh. because that can really affect where you stand. Yes. Because you're either, st- you know, you're either standing right at the very beginning mm. or you're standing at the end. And that guessing game, I think, is... Thrilling. It's really thrilling. Mm-hmm. Gives me something to live for now that I know that. <laughs> <laughs> With my new lease of life now that I know that I, go, I don't get a shock. Did I just lose the power of speech then a little bit? Did I sort of go dead, 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 dead? Not dramatically. Not that I would have particularly noticed. So. <sighs> Do you think I'm just worried that I'm having a stroke? Still stop saying that. Stop. You're fine. You're fine. I still can't smell toast. <laughs> Good. I think I'm fine. Annabelle, yes. How's correspondence looking? I have one for you this week from Caroline. 
Okay. Am I supposed to say trickling? Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Right. It's not like your post bag on no, the radio no. where it's bulging every time. No, it's no. just like, you know, I'm just... I feel like I didn't really answer the question, though. It's fine. All, okay. all, I'm, all I'm ever doing mm. is just handing over to you. Okay, okay. Yeah, Caroline. Yes. It was 1993, and I was working for the Ministry of Defence in an admin-type job. I worked in a large open-plan area with lots of different teams, but this was a large labyrinth building with lots of small offices, and we were great friends with the typists who worked for the colonel, who was the big cheese for the organisation. They had a great little office to themselves. It had a coffee machine, radio, a Breville sandwich toaster, plants, and even at one time a pet goldfish. No one ever used to come in and the colonel was often away hobnobbing and the like, so it was a great place to go in for a skive. Me and my friend Amanda regularly used to call in on the premise of collecting the posts for our team and have a coffee and a general gossip with Di and Lisa in comfort and privacy. This particular day we dropped in, we were on a mission. Every year, as part of the Christmas festivities, each team in the main office were tasked with coming up with a raffle or quiz to sell to colleagues to raise funds for the Christmas party. Raffles were dull with usually rubbish prizes, so we came up with an innovative idea to have a quiz based around body parts of our team. Whose are these fingers? Who has an ankle like this? You get the gist. It was inspired by the fact that I have two distinctive moles on my left hand. One of our colleagues has a secret tattoo on his ankle that said, Man UNT instead of Man United UTD. And another <laughs> colleague had a fused toe. And Amanda had an interesting piercing in the tragus of her ear. Tragus? Tragus? Anyway. Remember, it was early 90s and tattoos and piercings were much rarer than today. This was before mobile phones, certainly pre-camera phones. So it was that we decided that we would photocopy the body parts to include in our quiz. And we would no doubt raise a few laughs and more importantly, the funds for the do, which would garner the team a bottle of champagne for our efforts. So we nipped off to our chum's office to see how the photocopies would turn out. Amanda got to work by trying to fit her head in the photocopier and pull the top down. Meanwhile, I noticed that Di and Lisa had a new addition to the decor. One of those third eye posters that has a very busy image. But if you sort of stare at it and go cross-eyed, you can see a 3D image. Mm. They were very popular in the 90s, but I always struggled to see the image. Were they called magic eyes? They were, yeah, yeah. 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 Like I'd nearly get it that my eyes just wouldn't go far enough. Di said you had to get in close, then pull away slowly. And she said that this one was of someone I was a fan of and I'd love it. So as Amanda was still wrestling with the photocopier, getting her massive head in it, I decided to climb on top of the tall filing cabinet under the poster so I could be in the best position with my nose pressed into the centre to pull back and see the image. It was at this point, the door opened and in walked the colonel, plus three esteemed high up military types that he was showing around the office. They were wearing peaked hats and at least one had gold effect chains on their uniforms. Proper big deal types. And this is where all the hard work goes on, he said as he walked in and then just stopped as he was greeted by the sight of me on all fours atop a filing cabinet with my nose pressed against the wall and Amanda bent over with her head in case in the photocopier. I didn't know what to do. What on earth would they be thinking? For some reason, as I was near to them, I felt the weight of responsibility to try to somehow make this scene seem more normal. So, in an impulsive move, I turned to them and shouted, Hello! and did a massive exaggerated wave as if I was waving them off to war. Gestures <laughs> that were so out of character for me. Nobody said anything <laughs> at all. It was super awkward again and I didn't know what to do. 
So I just turned back to my all fours position, put my nose to the poster again, blushing violently, (laughs) and just stayed there, stock still, employing the port Uh... protocol. Amanda, meanwhile, had just stayed frozen throughout, bent over in the photocopier whilst it churned out copies of her face. (laughs) (laughs) I vaguely recall hearing something about moving on and the colonel (laughs) marched the visitors out. We almost died Mm. of shame. Di and Lisa were really angry with us for showing them up. It took a long time to muster the courage to leave their office again as we were terrified we would run into them again. We got back to our desks and never spoke of it again. I left the Ministry of Defence the following year. We all moved on and lost touch. But about five years ago, I ran into Amanda at Piccadilly Station. I hadn't seen her for about 10 years and we had a big hug and a, I can't believe it's you. And the first thing out of Amanda's mouth was... Do you remember when we got caught by the colonel photocopying our faces? <laughs> Clearly, it's one of her haunting memories too. <laughs> I never mastered the art of the third eye poster and our innovative if quiz got banned by our boss because it was deemed inappropriate. <laughs> we did somebody's elbow crease and it looked too much like a bum. It was an accident, honest. So we ended up doing a boring raffle after all. Oh, that was so good. What a lovely image. It was really, really beautifully told. Yes. Um, We'd love you to share your story of excruciating moments, please. Uh, You can email us, hello at adriftpodcast.com. Do you think it's it's possibly something to do with having been on a plane recently? Maybe, yeah. Like the pressure and something going on. Ear infection. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Mm. um, are you going to give us another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult? I am. And it is the three things that have massively irritated me this week, perhaps irrationally to some people, not to me. Okay, first one. Imagine you're at your computer, you're staring at the screen, there is a Word document on the screen. Now, you don't need this Word document for the time being, so you decide to minimise it. You press the little yellow circle in the top corner, and what happens next? It does this whole over-the-top genie back-in-the-bottle thing. I don't need to see your journey, mate. Like, stop trying to hog the screen for a bit longer. Just disappear. I just feel like it's being so over-the-top about it, like so dramatic. It doesn't like that it's being minimised, so it kind of flounces off. I don't like how it comes back either. It's still doing that genie in the bottle thing, but the genie's coming out. Just be there and don't be there. Stop acting up. Good point. Well made. Okay, number two. I want you to imagine now that you're cooking some pasta. Mm. You've boiled the water. You've put the pasta in the water. You now need to set the timer. But you don't know how long it is. as There's this weird variation between pastas. Like anything I'd say between seven minutes and 13 minutes. Yes. So you have to look on the packet. But for some reason that I can't understand, pasta makers like to play this game with you. <laughs> well, they put the cooking time in as small a font as possible and as hidden away as possible. Well, they also throw in some other random numbers to confuse you. Like on the packet I have at home now, much more prominently are the numbers 9 and 23 with the writing by it in Italian. Like 23 is not too confusing, but the 9 is. I spend a good few minutes looking and then I give up and get my glasses. Then I have to spend another few minutes until I find it. And then say it's 10 minutes, I set the timer, but I have to calculate, guess how many minutes have already passed since I started looking (laughs) that the pasta has already been boiling for. Like, it's really annoying. Yes, yeah. Pasta companies should sell little magnifying glasses taped to the packet or just write the cooking time bigger. Yes. Okay, last one. Bio or non-bio washing detergent? Does anybody really know the difference? 
Like, don't email me with the answer if you do. I have zero interest. I just don't think anyone really knows. My best guess is that the bio one is a bit harsher, a bit stronger, a bit bleachier. But why does it then get called biological? Like, is it like biological warfare? Because that's really (laughs) strong. I don't want that near my clothes. There was an exciting time in the 90s when they brought out a third option, colour. An option if you wanted your clothes to retain their colour. Yes, I did. Like, why is this only being offered now? Were we all wearing faded clothes up until then? I can't remember. This should say which one is the default one. Which which is one the default one? Non-bio is the default one. I think it's the one that you grew up with. I think you only ever buy... I think no one really knows. You buy the one that your your carer, your mum, dad, like, bought, and that's it. That's as far as we know. I had to, I asked the man in the shop. Did you? It, the man in Five Sapphires, the <laughs> local shop. Right. He said, well, what's the difference between these two? No, I said, like, which is the... I, mean, I think I said, which is the, the default. The default? And then the question was unclear to him. I'm not surprised. So... <laughs> which is the default? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then I sort of said, which is, which, which is the one that every, which is oh, the, right. the the popular one, right? And it was non-bio. Okay, so who's buying bio? I don't then? know, or, or, or it might have been that he had um, a job lot of non-bio, and he just told me that was the popular one to try and get rid of. Some. Oh, like special of the day when the Chinese yeah. food they don't want anymore. <laughs> Yeah, it's really it's really frustrating. Because mm. if anything, to me, you see, you think bio, you think biological warfare. Yeah, I think bio, and there's something natural, you know, well, exactly. biology. It's all very natural. Yeah. You know, let, let's be eco. But I think but then the what is non-bio? One. Yes, then? I know this one. Well, isn't... This one isn't bio. What no. is it then? If it's not bio, Non-bio. yeah, yeah. Give it a real name. Why is it? Why does it have to be identified in relation to bio? Can't yeah. it have its own name? And then when my mother-in-law comes, she brings her own weird detergent across the Atlantic with her. And what what classification does that one come under? Um. So it's clearly not bio, non-bio colour. No, it has to be completely odourless. Right. And I think, I think there's some other variety. You, you can hear in my voice that I'm regretting right. mentioning this Mm-mm. because I know she'll hear it on the podcast. Right. And then we'll get a long over-the-top explanation. <laughs> which she'll email in. I look forward to it. Yeah. Hey, should we do some more of those... Um, uh, uh, laughing on the outside, dying on the inside. Oh, yes, yes, definitely, yes. Okay. So the first one, it comes from Hi Baron Barnaby, who says, I work as an archivist. While I'm the first to admit this is perhaps a bit on the obscure side, I feel that it still quite can't quite justify the below. When I meet someone at a party and they make the mutually calamitous mistake of asking what I do, the nightmare tends to unfold in three stages. The immediate reaction to the news is, almost universally, an expression blending awe and perplexity and the words, an alchemist. I have a tendency to mumble, having to repeat oneself several times, gives one a chance to say something completely different the second time around, after all. <laughs> but I take care, perhaps excessive care, to enunciate this word properly. <laughs> Nonetheless, people seem bowed by the laws of the universe to conclude that the most likely interpretation of what I've just said is that, yes, I, in 2020, am professionally employed in fruitless and esoteric endeavours to turn lead <laughs> into gold. <laughs> Upon being corrected, no, an archivist, I work in an archive with historical documents and so on, the response is usually a look of disappointment, followed by, so that's basically just filing, right? 
I really should just leave it there and nod meekly. This interaction has clearly already lasted far too long. But more often than not, a switch flicks somewhere in my brain, triggering a rambling, incoherent and 100% unwelcome account of my duties. No doubt wishing I really was an alchemist, hell I am too at this stage, some politely give up. However, the more determined and bloody-minded push on with, oh, so where do you do that then? No doubt having for more familiar ground, a university perhaps, or a well-known business. My heart sinks. My employer, one of the inns of court in London, is decidedly not a household name, nor is it even a familiar sort of institution to the very many beyond the legal profession, and fair enough. Q, therefore, after the inevitable expression of absolute bafflement, tinged with sincere regret, having prolonged this torturous engagement, a second rambling, incoherent and still more unwelcome attempt to explain... All in all, an unpleasant experience for absolutely, <laughs> sorry, a pleasant experience for absolutely nobody involved. I shouldn't complain, though. By the end of this tripartite conversational nightmare, <laughs> the unfortunate interlocutor, <laughs> this has got too many big words in it for me, is usually thrilled to move on to more reliable ground like the weather or indeed another conversation room or perhaps building. And even better, they may never, ever ask anyone at a party what they do for a living ever again oh that was so good it was oh from jules i used to work for a holiday lettings company and every time we had people arriving for their holidays without fail someone would say thanks for organizing the good weather for us or i hope you've arranged good weather for us and i'd always have to chuckle and say something like not a problem especially for you one time however someone arrived on a particular rainy day and quipped i can't believe you didn't arrange us good weather i laughed and said sorry but they kept a straight face and remarked no, this is really going to ruin our week. <laughs> I stopped laughing. I just said again, I am sorry. Uh, Frank says, I come from a small town in Ireland, but despite having lived in the UK for many years, I've not lost my accent. So when I meet someone new of a s- specific generation, I invariably get asked, are you from Northern or Southern Ireland? Southern, I reply, thinking that I clearly don't have a Northern Ireland accent and that Southern Ireland isn't a natural country. Oh, where in the South are you from, is the follow-up. Through a grimace, I utter the four syllables, Tipperary. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, that's a long way. Oh, no. Invariably comes the reply. I've got more. Can I do more? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really enjoying this. So, yeah. Hiking Tony Cowards. As a comedian, people will often delight in telling me, at best, vaguely amusing anecdotes, and then say something along the lines of, you could use that in one of your skits. <laughs> it makes me die a little as, A, I'm not really an observational storytelling comedian, and B, no one involved in comedy has used the word skits since 1957. <laughs> oh, we'll finish this one. This is from Ali. I'm a doctor, and for some unfathomable reason, I've had many responses along the lines of, oh, you must be really clever. This is a dreadful response. What am I meant to say? Both answering yes and no are clearly bad options. I can't say, why, yes, I am actually. But no, I'm an idiot isn't right either. I certainly can be an idiot, but possibly this isn't what people want to hear. What response are people expecting? I sometimes try, it's more having a good memory and being a bit pragmatic, but even this sounds a bit overconfident. Or sometimes just not answering and saying something like, it's not bad, you have to stick your finger in a few places and sometimes they make you tea in the bank. Other advice gratefully received, and please add this to the list of banned phrases. I really like now I'm an idiot. But do you want someone who's a doctor to say they're an idiot? I'd love it if it's someone said, uh, no, I'm an idiot. You should see all the malpractice suits against <laughs> me. There you go. There's your yeah, answer, yeah, Ellie. Yeah. 
um enjoying these uh and i know it's been a while since we came back to them but i'm happy to pick it up every mm. every couple of weeks because we're still getting great ones when yeah. you tell people what you do for a living the things that they always say that you have to laugh on the outside but you're dying on the inside email us hello at adriftpodcast.com since 2013 bombas has donated over 100 million socks underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness if we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. By what? My restraint in um, not asking you for the doctor's email address to (laughs) ask about. (laughs) You didn't, yeah. Ask about my stroke. Very good. Yeah, I said I'd tell you a couple of other things about the um, about the holiday. Mm. Um, One was there was this guy. So there was a playground, and I was as pushing my. pushing my son on a swing Mm -hmm. and there was this guy there with his kids but he was on his phone a lot and he was looking at his phone and the kids were just kind of doing their own thing no judgment Mm -hmm. just I was more engaged as a father than he was uh obviously care a bit more but no 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 judgment you know I think I'm just thinking about my child a bit more than he is (laughs) he's just thinking about his his work and himself but no 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 no. judgment no 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 uh to the extent that um my son said to his son, do you want my daddy to push you? Oh. And I said, oh, I'll, I'll push you if you like. And then the dad piped up and went, uh, no, we've got an agreement that I'll be, um, I'm, I'm just doing my work and if he wants pushing, his sister will do it. So oh. I thought, fair enough. Okay. So I tried to strike up conversation with this guy, you know, based on that, just have a, to make the interaction a little less comfortable. And he doesn't really bite. And then I see him around a few times on the holiday and – you know, I'm I'm always smiley because of my neediness, but I get pretty much nothing back mm-hmm. the whole time. On the last day, yeah, he um he almost like breaks into a jog to catch up to me as I'm walking. He says, uh, "Oh, so when are you going back then?" I said, uh, "Oh, we're going back t- today." Actually, he says, "Oh, what time? What time are you flying?" I said, "Oh, um, in in the afternoon." He says, "Uh, yeah, yeah, me too." Um, I said, "Oh, we're, we're flying. I think it's the." 20 past three went, uh, yeah, I've chartered a private jet. What? Yeah. He wanted to tell you that? Yes. He just wanted to tell you that? Yeah. He wanted to gloat. Oh. He was really unfriendly all week. And then he wanted to gloat that he was taking a private jet. And he started asking you, he started asking you how you were getting yeah, back yeah, so yeah. he could worm it yeah, into yeah, the conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what he wanted to do was remind me that he was a successful guy and I'm a failure who can't afford to charter a private jet. He was so successful that he couldn't push his son on a swing. Exactly. I'm determined now to become so successful that I would have no time for pushing my son on a swing <laughs> because, you know, I, w- I want to outdo this guy, yeah, yeah. go back to the same place next year, <laughs> hopefully see him. <laughs> yeah. And then do you know what I would do? Go on. 
I'd say I was thinking of chartering a private jet because I can definitely afford it, but it's really bad for the environment, so I won't oh. be doing that. Oh, worm that into your conversation. Yeah, yeah, you do it on a similar theme uh, ish. Um, when when we checked in. The concierge guy was saying, oh, one of the things you must do is uh, you must do a boat excursion. It's really wonderful to do. If you go down to the boathouse at the beach, they can give you all the information. So I thought, a boat excursion, that that sounds like uh, that sounds like fun, doesn't mm. it? You mm, know, maybe yeah. a glass bottom boat. Oh, lovely. See some things on the bottom of the sea. This is what I'm thinking. Mm. You know, um, so I go down to talk to them. It quickly becomes apparent that if you want a boat excursion, it's not um, going on a tourist boat. It's chartering a small yacht. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So she she shows me a picture of the boat. And like it doesn't look like the sort of thing that a, a, a Russian oligarch would have. Right. But... It it looks like a boat that maybe Tony. If you've seen The Sopranos, it looks like mm. Tony Soprano's boat. Right, right. It's a significant boat. Okay. So straight away, I know this isn't happening mm. because I, I know it's not going to be a two a two figure sum right. for, for me and my wife and my son to go and no. uh, on the glass bottom boat. I know it's. I now know understand it's not a two figure sum. Mm. Um, and she says, "Yeah, so uh, this is it." And. Uh, you know, you can either charter it for half a day or a full day, and half a day is uh, four hours, and that's two thousand seven hundred pounds. Oh my goodness! Do what I say at that point. It's bad for the environment. <laughs> <laughs> I like pretend to think about it. Oh, two, that's for half a day. I went great, great. And just have it. Just so, so, how much is that for the full day then? No. <laughs> Like, I've got yeah, double yeah, that yeah. Spare, so maybe I will yeah. just go. Well, that's less money than I was thinking. Maybe what? I'll take it for the full day. And then, how did you get out of it? I went, right, yeah, I'll go, well, I'll, I'll go see um, if my wife fancies it. I'll blame it on her. And then, of course, never went back near that yeah, part of the yeah. beach ever again. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. Right, let's uh, let, let's settle down in Quandary Corner then. The f- first thing we're going to talk about is tipping, right? Yeah, let, let's um, let's get this tipping thing done mm. um, because we have heard back from the Adrift Facebook group who have put in order who you should tip. When I say in order, I mean how many people think you should do it. Okay. Also got an email from Holly who says, I feel compelled to write in when I heard you talking about tipping. I am a millennial and most definitely not a homeowner, but I have compiled info from my own perspective, my slightly older colleagues and also my parents who are boomers. Interesting. I don't have Facebook. So here is our compiled list of those people you need to tip. Are you ready? Yeah. Waiting staff. Yeah. The milkman. And newspaper delivery person at Christmas, if you want to. Not the bin man, interesting. And that is it. Do not waste your time tipping anyone else. It is not expected, especially not for workmen who set their own rates. If you want to thank someone for their work, give them a bottle of wine or some chocolate or flowers. It's simpler for you and nicer for them. If there's a lot of people, then definitely don't do anything. It's too confusing for all involved. Okay, okay. That's the the perspective of the, the little focus group. Yeah, and... The one from the Facebook Adrift group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, number one hairdresser. That's got the most votes. Yes. Followed by taxi slash Uber driver. Yeah. Followed by movers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Then, I don't even know what this is. What's Grubhub and DoorDash? 
Is that like a food delivery oh, service? Oh, it's like Deliveroo. Oh, right. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, it's, I think it's the American version of Deliveroo. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, nail technician. Wow. I mean, I didn't know that. Builders. These are ones that I wouldn't have heard to me. Dog groomers. Dog groomers. Posty at uh, Christmas. Posty, yeah, yeah, maybe. yeah. And then. Not daily. No. <laughs> that would be too expensive. Yeah. Lastly, retail workers. Now, this one only got one vote. I suspect it's someone who works in retail. So I think we can <laughs> possibly disregard that. But there you go. I think that has maybe clear things up slightly for some people. Yes, but if you are listening to that and you do feel strongly that uh, somebody's been missed out or somebody's been included uh, who shouldn't, then, you know, do do feel free to inter- excuse me interject. Okay. Um, and then let's have one quandary. This is from Amanda. I thought I'd share with you the awkward time we had a new bathroom fitted to get your opinions. So we were leaving the guys fitting a bathroom in our old house. We had a camera in the front room, which we watch via an app to see our cat. He's adorable. We like to see when we when he's in. As it was open plan, the camera also filmed the kitchen. One day when opening the camera, I saw one of the bathroom fitters looking in our fridge and he then took out a chocolate biscuit, which is fine, but we had left out tea and biscuits for them to help themselves to. Then I also saw him looking through a bunch of our cupboards and looking at a giant bag of munchies chocolates, which were unopened. (laughs) I said to Ian, if they were open, he would have eaten some. So that night we opened them and then the next day I watched our cameras as he opened the cupboard and tipped out a bunch of chocolates and ate them. He also continued to take chocolate bars out of the fridge. Being a drifter, I wasn't going to say anything. Then one day, I saw that he opened the fridge, took out an open carton of orange juice, drank it straight out of the carton and put it back in the fridge. Then he took another chocolate bar and put it in his pocket to take with him and left. Who does that? Why would you drink straight out of the carton and put it back for us then to drink out of? Did you not think that what if we had already drunk straight out of the carton? We hadn't as we used glasses, but he didn't know that. He could have got a glass, as I'm sure he knew where they were after looking in all our cupboards. (laughs) So actually, I have done something very non-drifter-like. I called the company owner and told him. He offered to get the chocolate bar thief to apologise in person, but no way did I want that. <laughs> the next day I came home to find a handwritten apology, a bunch of flowers and a £20 note in our kitchen. So sometimes it literally pays to do what something a non-drifter like. For that guy, they were the most expensive chocolate bars and orange he ever stole, but he didn't do it again. But was I actually meant to tell the boss he did that? I didn't mind him taking food or drink, but I think it was the drinking out of the carton and putting it back that seemed rude. What should I have done? It's tricky because I do feel like to some extent you set a bit of a honey trap with those munchies. Yes, yeah, you did. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, were definitely. luring him in a bit, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how ethical it is to be filming people, even though weren't. you kind of accidentally caught them on camera. No, they were But then to be sort of combing through the <laughs> cottage. <laughs> no, but you would, wouldn't you? Don't, oh, yeah, don't yeah. deny that you'd do it. I, t- I told you before, um, when I used to work in a music shop, the boss lived in a flat above the shop and she would go away on holiday 
for to a caravan in Abasok for two weeks every year. And when she got back, she would sit and watch all the footage. And it was on VHS tapes. I used to have to go up into the flat twice a day and change the tapes. She'd sit and watch all the footage on Fast Forward Searched to check that nobody had either turned up late, gone home early, or taken a longer lunch break than they should have done. Wow, that's extraordinary. Because that's yeah. going to take a lot of time. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do, I wonder how common it is for people working in your house, then you're out to have a good like rummage and help yourself. I wonder if, how normal it is, first of all. I think the probably the thing to do is lean into it, isn't it? What do you so mean you that? say you put out tea and biscuits. Right, right. I think the thing is to say, oh, help yourself to anything oh, i will tell you what i would do yeah so every time so i'd, I'd carry on watching my cat mm. and every time i saw him do something i would leave that thing out on a tray with everything else the next day so every day the tray was so he'd know oh that's great and then you're not saying anything yes you're not getting them in trouble with their boss but they know that you know that's all you want isn't it you so want i'd leave out a carton of orange juice and the glass next to it yeah obviously yeah 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 yeah. That's brilliant. Annabelle, okay. you're a genius. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Okay. And that was this week's podcast. Uh, I I managed to make it through. Well done. You haven't had to call 999 or 111. More likely. Or even Google my symptoms. Have you been Googling my symptoms while I was talking? No. Okay. Um, Well, hopefully that bodes well. You've made it this far. Yeah. Hopefully I'll I'll still be here next week. Um, Thank you to you for listening. Um, We'd love to hear from you, please. Your story of social ineptitude or a quandary for Quandary Corner, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Kim Rainey, thanks Kim for the fantastic artwork and to Carla Gowlett for the photos. And uh, I think I'll, I'll finish this week in much the same vein as the major by saying, moving on. Podication time. This says, Dear Annabelle and Jeff. Do you want to know who it's from? I know who it's from. Oh, I've just seen who it's from. Aha. Mm. Uh-huh. Why, why don't you say it's from? It's from my niece, Amelia. Oh, this is so nice. I know. Uh, dear Annabelle and Jeff, hello. I am Annabelle's niece. I know what you're thinking. What a saddo. She has nothing better to do than listen to her auntie's podcast. <laughs> I am thinking that. I mean, no. no, no, I'm not at all. I am amazed because Annabelle talks about... Firstly, Annabelle talks about you all the time. And I, I feel a bit like a celebrity has written in. <laughs> I, I feel genuinely excited to hear from you. Aww. And just that somebody young and cool like you is listening to our podcast. That's yeah. amazing. Um, anyway, I would like to request uh, a podication for myself as close as possible to Wednesday the 2nd of September. This is as I start secondary school on this date. Honestly, I'm dreading it 
as they wait, the way they make the girls dress is inhuman. <laughs> I have not worn a skirt in several years, yet I will now have to wear a kilt that goes down to my fricking ankles. <laughs> How are you feeling about the fricking? Oh, well, it's okay. It's just, just it's borderline. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. You're asking about things that um, even the people that are closest to you don't know about you. Oh, yeah. Mm. Your inner life. We should do some more of these as yeah. well because I really like these. Until recently, my close family didn't know about my fear of yogurt. This was inspired by. The incident. (laughs) Let me set the scene for you. I am eight years or so old and I'm in the lunch hall eating lunch with my friends. I don't particularly like yoghurt, but I could stand it. I've got one of those tubes of yoghurt clutched in my tiny fist. It wouldn't open. Most people would just ask a dinner lady to open it, but I chose to hold it up, squeezing all the yoghurt to the end that was designed to be weaker and easier to tear. And then, so I read that sentence really poorly then, Amelia, I apologise. Um, squeezing all the yoghurt to the end that was designed to be weaker and easier to tear. And then slam it against my head, shouting, why won't you open sploosh? The yoghurt tube split, causing it to go cascading down my head and a slightly less smug look to cross my face. I now want to scream and shout and explode some shark's Whenever yoghurt is within splashing distance, (laughs) I know what a tragic story. I guess I'm now in the mood for telling the soul-crushing stories that turned me into a drifter and made all of my jokes better in practice than in real life. She writes really well. Um, This this was exceptionally well told. There's another one. Let me set the scene. Again, I am roughly eight. I feel like as you as you go through life, Amelia, you things that happen to you at eight are really the ones that live with you. Mm. That sort of age, seven, eight, nine. Um, and I'm at Pony Club. We were doing a minute to win it challenge, and I was up against a girl of twelve in a challenge involving a straw and two plates each and some skittles. You had to use the straw to suck up the skittles from one plate to another. By some miracle, I won. But my victory was short-lived. I fell backwards as I jumped up in victory into a bucket of icy cold water that had had the ice poked out of it only hours before. Everyone laughed. I was humiliated. Do you remember that happening? I do remember telling me about it, yes. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, it would be amazing to have a publication as I can only imagine that secondary school will offer many awkward situations. The good thing is you're braced for it. Oh, yeah. You know, you know you're, you're stealing yourself here, you're, Amelia. You're ready. Yeah. yeah. Um, my head of form is called Mrs. Nichols. I want you to imagine what could let slip. There is a teacher called Mr. Pinnock. I urge you to think further into what word it sounds like. No, not anorak. There's a Mr. Jolly who I can only imagine is a horrible person. <laughs> I'm sure they're not. <laughs> I've only just realised the nick. I was, I, got, I was with Pinnock straight away and, right. was, and then the Nichols one. Right. It's just, just occurred to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure there are more ridiculous names that I've failed to hear of. P.S. This isn't my email account. It is my dad's. Goodbye. 
This is so great to hear from Amelia. I know, it's lovely. I love those stories. I, I hope you keep us, um, not not just Annabelle, mm. Auntie Annabelle. Do you always insist on Auntie Annabelle? I do, yeah. Do you think you'll keep that going Amelia's whole life? Or do you think yeah. she'll get to 18 and you'll say, just call me Annabelle? I hadn't thought that far ahead. I don't like it when my aunties and uncles ask me to just call them by their first name. Yeah, I'm, I would quite like to stick with auntie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She went through a very brief phase when she was about five of calling me just aunt. I didn't like that because I thought it made me sound extremely old. Was that when you were a maiden aunt? <laughs> maiden aunt. <laughs> so, yeah, auntie. Auntie's nice. Uh, well, I hope, I, hope, um, I hope it goes all right. It will, it will go all right. Uh, you know, it'll be wonderful. You'll yeah. find your people. You'll find your place. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm looking forward to more stories and more emails. It's so great to hear from Amelia. Yes. Must be a long, long time since I saw Amelia, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm sure. She would have been tiny back then. <laughs> I think Zachary's really uh, dragging his feet sending an email. Oh, Zachary. Maybe he's not a drifter. Child, so <laughs> he's a little bit younger. Okay. Uh, Amelia, all the best with school. And uh, if you would like a podication, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. 